Facebook, Amazon, Netflix, Google. What makes them industry giants? Get ready to take a peek inside and learn their secrets of success. This is Silicon Valley Insider, the show that demystifies the valley and helps to elevate your business to the next level. Now, your host for Silicon Valley Insider, Keith Koo. Welcome to Silicon Valley Insider. I'm your host, Keith Koo. Today, I'm joined by the co-founders of Babel Labs, CEO Chris Rowan and CTO Summer Hijazi. Welcome, guys. Thanks a lot. Thank you. So in this week's tech news, Commissioner Hester Pierce, who's with the SEC, the Securities and Exchange Commission, she gave an unusual dissent on the SEC ruling that the Winklevoss twins could not open a Bitcoin-based ETP or exchange-traded product. Uh, this was big news because the Winklevoss twins, if you remember from Facebook fame, uh, they had been sitting on a hoard of Bitcoin at one point worth um, over a billion dollars. So they wanted to set up this this product that would need SEC approval, and the SEC said that they would not, as a group, allow it to happen. Uh, Commissioner Pierce, who's been in the news recently, that she is uh, pushing the SEC to modernize in a sense and has giving her opinion, stated before that she believes that the role of the SEC is not to inhibit innovation, but also to be more like a lifeguard at a beach. So helping people not drown, but also not stopping them from getting into the water. I'm sure there'll be much more news on this to come. And it just goes to show that at least the United States, uh, the regulators are still trying to get up to speed on how to regulate blockchain, cryptocurrency, related technology. In other news, it was reported that a gift from President Putin of Russia to President Trump was quote unquote bugged. It was a soccer ball. And it was big news because they said, oh, uh, Putin gave Trump a bugged soccer ball. Now, indeed, it might have been. But just to make sure this was during a World Cup soccer finals or match, and that it was actually a ball produced by Adidas. And every single one of these Adidas balls is already having a tracker in it because that's a feature where you can see the stats on the ball, interact with different teams. So we call this an actual feature. I'm not saying that it wasn't bugged, just saying that every single one of these Adidas balls has a chip inside of it. And finally, uh, there's this Chinook Center, a mall in Calgary, Canada, that was outed for taking facial recognition inside the stores and it was tracking shoppers' age, gender, and other personal details based on a person's face. And the only reason why I was outed is because somebody saw one of those open kiosks with the camera and the software running. So again, um, hard not to be paranoid in this day and age, but if you think you're being tracked, you probably are. And that's the news of the week. So today I'm joined by the co-founders of Babel Labs, Chris Rowan, CEO, and Samir Hijazi, CTO, and they are revolutionizing how to bring clarity to speech. Welcome, guys. Thanks a lot. It's great to be here. Thanks. So when I think of Babel Labs, I instantly think of a couple of things. I think of Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy, so I'm aging or dating myself, which was written by Doug Adams. He had a five-book trilogy, which is always funny. But they had babble fish, and babble fish is this thing you stick in your ear, 
It's actually more like a, a worm, and you get translation from that, right? And then uh, later on, during the internet era, there's actually a Babel fish service, but that's not what Babel Labs is, is it? That's right. Certainly, we draw on both the ancient origins of the word Babel and some of the popular culture references. So, you know, Babel Labs for us is about fun as well as solving a really hard problem. Everybody in the world uses speech, and speech is such a central part of culture. But in the modern world, with all the noise and all the other impairments for speech, it's actually really hard to understand and be understood. It's hard for other people to understand what's going on in a video, on the telephone, in a crowded room. And it's really hard for machines to understand what people are trying to do. And so Babel Labs is really taking an intensely technical cut at fundamentally improving how speech gets understood by applying the latest neural network AI technology. Technology, in some sense, derived from what's going on in autonomous vehicles and face recognition and uh, playing the game Go, to a universal but underappreciated problem in speech clarity. We have, just in the last six months, been able to pull together, I think, a quite remarkable team, a quite remarkable technology, a set of algorithms using deep learning, and most important for anything in the AI space, a remarkable body of training data, examples of speech totaling hundreds of thousands of hours of noisy speech and clean speech and created a a system that's available in a number of different forms in order to take any noisy speech in any language with any kind of noise, car noise, crowd noise, wind noise, honking, sirens, applause, and be able to almost perfectly strip that noise out, leaving behind just the essence of clean speech. So Chris, thanks for the introduction. And it sounds uh, really interesting. I wanted to circle back to something that you were talking about. You know, people don't normally think of audio um, when they associate AI artificial intelligence or deep learning or neural networks, right? Everyone's kind of onto that next big thing. And so why don't we talk a little bit about why this is important for audio? Yeah, I think that's a great question. And and certainly uh, there are areas that are more visible uh, for application of AI than speech. But the fact is that human speech is one of the most complex creations of our culture. And to tease out meaning and understanding from speech is something that took humans, you know, millions of years to accomplish in their evolution. And it's something which contributes so much to how we share our lives, how we get things done. Uh, And there are 7.6 billion people on the planet and they all use this mechanism. So it's the world's largest market. And it's one which is surprisingly underserved. 
it's one where we've seen a few outbreaks of neural network stuff. There's certainly the automatic speech recognition that you see in Siri and Alexa and Google Cloud Voice, that it's addressing one aspect of human-to-machine interaction. But this area of improving human-to-human communication by applying these very exotic and computationally intensive algorithms is something that very few people have explored. And as we've shown what's possible, a lot of people are getting excited. Well, thanks. Let me pause you right there because we're going to have a lot to cover on the show. I think uh, just to give people a teaser, we're going to give an example of what your sound interpolation, interpolation I think I got that right, sounds like um, using a really good audio clip. We're going to get into how you're different than Siri or Alexa or Google Cloud. So before we do that, I wanted to give a shout out. I was uh, last week speaking at the Upward Connecticut, a state-sponsored incubator at their blockchain and cybers conference. So I appreciated uh, the support. It was a great event. I did also want to mention that the state of Connecticut offers incentives for startups on how to get involved. And it doesn't mean you have to move an office to Connecticut. It just means you have to establish a presence out there. So you can email us at info at svin.biz if you wanted to find out more about Upward Hartford and what they're doing with the incubator space. Also, just a reminder that IBM has a call for code for disaster relief. $30 million of prize money over five years. So again, email us at info at svn.biz. We'll be right back. For questions or comments on today's program, call 1-888-828-7846. That's 888-828-SVIN. Now, back to Silicon Valley Insider. Once again, your host, Keith Koo. Hey, Insiders. Welcome back to Silicon Valley Insider with Keith Koo. I'm joined today by the co-founders of Babel Labs, Chris Rowan, Chief Executive Officer and Samir Hijazi, Chief Technology Officer. Welcome again. Thanks. Thank you. So I've been doing this series on the analogy of confirmation bias in systems or systemic biases, and that was because a couple months back I had Dr. John Madison, Chief Health Information Officer of Kaiser, uh, giving a lecture on that. And so I've covered a few topics so far. Today I want to talk about emergent bias, which is actually when you can train a system for personalization. So imagine that you're training a system to do certain things. Uh, Facebook is actually a perfect example of this. And it's kind of like the example of Pavlov's dogs, where the more you do something, do you actually get a dopamine effect? And that's in humans. So imagine this as a system, you're running Facebook, and the more you like something, if I've got Chris or Samir, and they posted something that I really like, I'm going to hit like, um, it's going to show me more of that. And things that I dislike, it's not going to show me that. Facebook actually has a very advanced algorithm to do that. And that's where some of the other news, which we'll get into in future shows about internet trolls and about um, manipulated data, that's why it's really important that you're aware of what emergent bias is. Um, How does this work in the audio world? Well, it's a very real and very conscious issue that we think about. And and all AI systems, all learned systems, are extremely sensitive to whatever bias might be intentionally or accidentally inserted into their training set. Because the systems are extremely good at reproducing whatever bias they find in the data. And so as we train these systems on hundreds of thousands of hours of speech, we have to be very thoughtful about what kind of speech and what kind of noise we, we uh, include because 
it's really going to be disproportionately good if the speech coming in is what it has seen before. Right. And so we work pretty hard to be as neutral as possible to accents, to types of language, to types of noise in order to have as broad and flat as bias-free an environment as possible. But it is always a risk, and that's why we need lots of feedback from a broad set of users to tell us how it's doing in some of these uh, other alternative scenarios of use so we understand. And that's been a really important part of evolving uh, the technology is getting that feedback that says, you know what, you know, we're not very good on this kind of younger voice or we're not very good at something so prosaic as wind noise. And that has allowed us to go, you know, expand that set and build something which works more universally. That's a good point, especially about the wind noise. And this brings me back to a topic we didn't get into in the first segment, which is how did your founders, co-founders decide on audio and this whole concept? What's the history behind that? Yeah. Well, the group has come together from a number of different places. I mean, for example, our uh, our VP of engineering, Dora Maidan, was uh, an, another student at Stanford. We had the same PhD advisor, John Hennessy. And so I knew him from back at Silicon Graphics and then Tensilica. Um, I knew Sommer at Tensilica because I had recruited him to lead our advanced algorithms team at Tensilica. Uh, other members of the team have really come uh, kind of later into our experience. You know, uh, Eric Panu, I knew at Cadence. Another one of our co-founders, co um, Camille, he came really through a network of people interested in audio. And he's a great expert in uh, the psychoacoustics of, of audio and brings a very strongly complementary set of skills from the rest of us who are really good on algorithms and computer architecture and embedded processing. But many of us don't actually come from an audio background. So we really arrived at audio through a process of looking at what were the interesting hard problems that other people weren't working on, but which would inevitably be revolutionized by deep learning. Well, thank you. And I think that's um, going to be relevant in that, uh, even for myself, I, I kind of think of right now in terms of interaction with devices, there's there's Siri, which people consider not to be very good. There's Alexa, which comes like the gold standard right now in consumer application. Google Voice, Google Cloud, they have their own implementation. How did you decide, one, to do something, because you, you said you're not audio folks, but that you're technologist, you understand neural networks, you understand deep learning and artificial intelligence. How do you decide to do something that those behemoths are already playing in, so to speak? Well, I think they're really playing in it only in um, a far corner from where we are. They really are focused on one specific task, which is relevant to their business. They are doing uh, web-based queries using voice input. And that is a perfect fit for someone like Google or Amazon, which are really web-based uh, information or product delivery systems. We came at it from the standpoint of what is a fundamental technology which spans different platforms, where it's relevant in the cloud, 
It's relevant in your phone. It's relevant in your refrigerator and can improve the experiences that you have across a much broader front because we're not tied to an existing platform the way that Amazon and, and Google and, and Apple are. So we're building a building block technology which uh, can be used across a bunch of different experiences where speech comes up. Okay. Well, I think we have a clip of the sound quality that we're talking about. So why don't we take a pause and play it? Neil Armstrong, original. That's one small step for man, one giant leap for mankind. Neil Armstrong, enhanced. That's one small step for man, one giant leap for mankind. So I know this is going to play over the radio, but if you want to get the true clarity in that, go to the Silicon Valley Insider, svin.biz website, and download the audio directly from there. Summer, explain that clip to us. Well, let me speak about the product and what the product does uh, in a specific terms. So the, the product does is a very simple thing. The, when there is a recording of any signal, there are two components come in. One is the speech that human uttered, and another waveform that comes all the time, which is the noise. Our technology comes and take these two signals apart and discard the noisy component and preserve the clean speech. That's all what we do in the current product we are offering. And it is a cloud-based product uh, with an API for integration in, uh, in other applications for anyone who is dealing with large volume volumes of audio recording. So that's what it does. So as we heard from this uh, a, a very famous uh, sentence from uh, Armstrong, is there is a lot of noise came on the transmission from the moon to the earth. And what our uh, algorithm came and detected the noise component and removed it and preserved what he have said only. So I want to cover on one point you made about the bias because this is one of the things that we deal with a lot about the bias of the training process. Actually, we... Well, Summer, I'm going to just pause you right there because we'll get right back into it in our next segment. Sure. So uh, we just played a clip of Neil Armstrong, the original, and the edited. We'll play it again in the next segment because people might not have caught it. Uh, I'm joined today by the founders of Babel Labs, Chief Executive Officer Chris Rowan and Chief Technology Officer Summer Hijazi, and we write back. Any questions or comments, email us at info at svi.biz. For questions or comments on today's program, call 1-888-828-7846. That's 888-828-SVIN. Now, back to Silicon Valley Insider. Once again, your host, Keith Koo. Welcome back to Silicon Valley Insider. I'm your host, Keith Koo. I've been joined today by the founders of Babel Labs, Chris Rowan, Chief Executive Officer, and Samir Hajazi, Chief Technology Officer. Hello again. Hi there. Hi. So Brian Krebs on Krebs and Security just talked about a new type of ransomware, which is really not that ransomware is new, but the way that this is being portrayed. So imagine that someone sends you an email that says, hey, we know what type of site you look at. It could be controversial. They might even say we can show you clips of that site and they will show you your username and password to something like an Amazon 
And here's our Bitcoin address for you to send your Bitcoin to us in order for us to release this this um, information we have on you. So this is extortion. And you know what I'm going to tell you is to be very, very careful because in this particular case, all the reported victims had said that these are passwords they had from 10 years ago. So they, they pretty much knew that uh, this was probably a prior data breach, that somebody had compromised your old email account from Gmail, Yahoo, whatever. Just be really careful of that and that my recommendation, if you really do think you're being extorted, is to go reach out to your local authorities and get that resolved. So just be very cautious and be very careful. And that's the tip of the week. So welcome back. Again, joined by Chris Rowan, CEO of Babel Labs, and Samir Hijazi, Chief Technology Officer. So in our last segment, we had played a clip about Neil Armstrong landing on the moon to show the difference in audio quality between the original and what Babel Labs API does. So why don't we play that again? Neil Armstrong original. That's one small step for man, one giant leap for mankind. Neil Armstrong enhanced. That's one small step for man, one giant leap for mankind. So, Summer, in the last segment, you were just getting into this clip, and then you were also going to tie it into biases. So, why don't we go over that again? Sure. Uh, again, th- this clip, we hear that Armstrong is speaking from the moon uh, and with a lot of crackling due to the wireless connectivity from from that long distance. And our technology just was able to separate what is the crackling sound or the noise coming in and uh, preserve the speech that was stated uh, as much as it can be done. And, and I was referring before we cut on the biases in the training process because this is one of the topics we spend a lot of time uh, in our preparing our training data. And we it's a, it's a cycle for us. We train, and then because also there are two components of the bias, is how, how much data you put in and how hard that problem. So the problem that is harder, you need more data for than the easier problem. But the issue is how to determine what's harder and what's easier is not the same thing for a human as it's for the machine. Mm-hmm. And that will, the way we tease out the bias is really during the testing process. So we, we try to have a balanced testing set for what we care for the testing. And from there, we continuously evo- estimate how biased are we in performing good or bad on one category uh, of noise or speech, and then go and build up our training set to compensate for that bias. Okay. But And that's the thing. You, you continuously monitor, but it's really at the end, you are as unbiased as your test set. Right. That's what really controls your decision. And as Chris, we have gone through this iteration multiple times and we owe it to our customers who are giving us feedback and we are adapting to that real time, like for wind and for uh, younger uh, speakers. We came to learn that we can do better and that's something we have evolved our product rapidly to accommodate. That's great. So why don't we talk about some of the use cases for the product? Sure. One of the, as uh, Chris alluded earlier, we are targeting anyone who is dealing with large component, large volumes of audio, and that's from the API point of view. So anyone who's uh, having an old recordings, like the one we just played, uh, he is more than welcome to utilize our technology to remove the noise component from there, as well as 
in today's world in the Facebook and Instagram and all these large providers who may provide the service of uh, voice messaging that are also a very uh, enhancing the quality of that speech in this voice messaging would be a very prime uh, target for our uh, technology. So this is kind of an example. Chris, do you want to add anything to this list? We've been really surprised at how many people who are doing video production from individuals recording the kid's birthday party to professional video producers who look at it and say, you know what, this is a remarkable change. This is obsoleting in some cases, much more elaborate manual uh, audio editing tasks, which are really one of the bottlenecks in uh, making content available. And so because it is so uh, automated and because it works well across every kind of noise, every kind of language, it becomes a kind of universal speech detergent that just cleans everything up. Uh, And we're seeing a lot of response from this media production community, uh, whether they're individuals or large production companies that are publishing millions of hours of of audio content or video content uh, to the cloud. I think that we also are seeing uh, cases emerging for voicemail systems and call center systems. Um, Audio archiving kinds of of systems are a very good choice. And increasingly, we're moving step by step towards taking this into the heart of telephony, where uh, the real experience you want to Uh, improve is person talking to person on the phone where there are all these kinds of noise. That's a challenging problem. And so that's not what this first product is, but the clear direction of where this technology will take us over a remarkably short period of time is towards cleaning up almost any time there is speech that passes through an electronic system. So the first product you're just mentioning that you have right now is called ClearCloud, correct? Right. So it is the first implementation of this Babel Labs clear technology, the speech enhancement, noise reduction technology. So it's first available in the cloud as an API, as a website where you can simply take your your video or audio content to and it will clean it up. We're also actively working on how we move this into mobile devices and to, to IoT devices. Any place where there is speech that has to be passed on or listen to, um, we have, I think, a a clear solution that uh, will address those needs. And at a level that, as far as we can tell, nobody else has previously touched from a purely technical standpoint. I like that, a clear solution with clear cloud. (laughs) That's good. So then, um, do you have a dedicated sales force? We are building up that that team. So we have a... uh, uh, a sales and marketing group that's working both on how we get the message out to people and how we engage with specific large customers. Uh, I think this team as a whole has a long experience in in licensing world-changing technologies. I mean, just in my own experience at Tensilica, we probably have licensed somewhere between 10 and 15 billion microprocessors that are in place today. And so reaching the highest volume applications, the most ubiquitous 
applications of audio is, I think, part of our playbook. That's great. I, I'm just wondering how, if somebody listening wants to directly engage and get started, I, I know that if they go to the website, they can play around with it for some amount of time, but then if they want to get serious about it, what's the best way for them to do that? I think it then depends on the details of their of their case. If they're an individual video or audio producer, we expand that access so they can use a, uh, a the web-based interface at high volume. Uh, if they are developing an application which processes audio or video, then they get access to the the API and with one or two lines of code in their existing application, they will be uh, processing all of their content through that and getting you know clean from dirty. All right. So then what's on the roadmap for beyond ClearCloud? Well, I... I've already been hinting at it a bit. I think that what we see is this compelling opportunity to transform speech to make it more intelligible. And our first target for intelligibility is making it more intelligible by other people. And so this transformation in different platforms, in an IoT device, talking to your television, talking to your your phone, talking with people over various devices is... Um, is what's in the immediate future. But we're already experimenting with other dimensions of this. Uh, We have had some uh, compelling public demonstration now of uh, speech recognition on these low-cost mobile devices where you can directly talk to your phone with a finite vocabulary without any reference to the cloud and start to see a... uh, level of recognition, especially in the presence of noise that um, we don't think has been seen before. And in fact, you could almost say that we are a noise company as much as we're a speech company, because what really differentiates what we're doing today and what we're doing in our whole roadmap is dealing with the reality that the world is an extremely noisy, acoustically messy place. Right. And, uh, and building products for uh, speech uh, enhancement uh, and ultimately for the whole suite of things, synthesis, speech synthesis, speech recognition, uh, speaker identification, authentication, which are all really compelling needs if you're going to use speech in all the ways that people use speech in a, in a day-to-day fashion because you speak it. You understand it. You identify people with it. It is this central capability that defines human culture. Got it. I want to echo one point that Chris about this noise. Actually, we I'm I'm working on an article. We heart noise, uh, and even in the name uh, Babel for us, we're thinking about it. It's it also implies the noise that the uncomprehensible content. So for us, we take we go to the problem not just from the speech actually we'll go go at it more from the noise point of view how can we understand noise because noise is much more diverse and has many more components and it's not just the additive noise there are other forms of noise such as reverberation like in this studio there is a lot of material on the walls to prevent that we have a very elaborate insulation to prevent the additive noise well people in the real world do not have access to that capability right and, and let, let's finish off in the next segment with that samir so you're listening to Silicon Valley Insider with Keith Koo, joined by the co-founders of Babel Labs. 
Chris Rowan and Samir Hajazi. Email us at info at svn.biz. And we write back. For questions or comments on today's program, call 1-888-828-7846. That's 888-828-SVIN. Now, back to Silicon Valley Insider. Once again, your host, Keith Koo. Hey, Insiders. Welcome back to Silicon Valley Insider with Keith Koo. I'm joined today by the co-founders of Babel Labs, Chris Rowan, who's the CEO, and Samir Hijazi, who's the Chief Technology Officer. Thanks again. Thank you. Good to be here. So one thing I wanted to talk about, and Samir, you were just mentioning this in the last uh, segment, is this whole concept of identity management. Um, I just spoke at a blockchain cyber risk summit, and it came up again and again about one of the best use cases for blockchain is the integration with identity management. I think people, when they think of identity management, they're only thinking about passwords, user IDs, that kind of thing. But they don't realize that there's biometrics involved too, and one of them would be a voice print. Um, you were just starting to talk about identity in noise. So let's continue on with that. Yeah. So as I was trying to make the point that we care tremendously about noise. And what is defined as noise is sometimes not very clear. For instance, if I'm speaking and Chris is speaking, one of and then you are trying to listen to one of us, the other the other party is a noise source. Right. And now specifying the identity of the target so- signal is a fundamentally important technology that we think about a lot. And the question, what defines noise and what defines speech, is a thing that we care a lot about, and even it shows up in the name. And I'm not saying that uh, we are today doing an identity detection in the speech. We are not doing that. But I'm saying that identifying the contents that what is desired and what is not is a big part of the job we do on a day-to-day basis. And I was trying before also trying to highlight how elaborate the process of capturing human speech. We are in this studio with a very elaborate mic system, a wall covered with a very uh, thin fabric that does prevent reflections. In the real world, you do not have that access. Right. And, and that's where we come from is we want to minimize the amount of noise that get mixed with your speech after the fact by trying to recognize and understand that this is what's supposed to be speech and this is what's not supposed to be included in your signal and separate the two. And that's the essence of what we're trying to accomplish through our, uh, through our journey. Either as consumer of our product as a human, listening to it, or if it's a machine. And that kind of approach to the problem, I think, will distinguish us technically from others who are trying to tackle the problem from an application point of view. Mm-hmm. I think one of the really interesting dimensions of this is how much information is really mixed together in any kind of audio. You implicitly have information about what the speaker is saying, who the speaker is, where they are speaking, what their mood is, what are the other things that are happening in the environment. And uh, what is at a given moment you know, the key target? I want to know what is being said. May the next moment be a situation where you want to know who is speaking. Or in fact, you may not care either about what is being said or who is saying it, but what's happening in the background. And so the key to understanding why we're using these very advanced neural network methods is because it gives 
this powerful leverage in being to tease apart the signatures, the overlapping signatures of all this information, the signature of who it is, the signature of what is being said, the signature of what's the noise in the background, and to be able to use that information in different ways in different applications. Um, it turns out that just separating out the speech and removing the rest is a remarkably hard problem. I mean, people have used all kinds of signal processing uh, methods for uh, for decades, and typically they've been able to reduce the annoyance of the noise, but have never been able to do anything for intelligibility. And I think the most remarkable thing about these new algorithms embedded in uh, the clear cloud product is that we really are helping intelligibility meaningfully. I even have a, have a, a colleague who tried this uh, a couple of weeks ago on some ancient German audio tapes mm-hmm. of his grandmother who he never hadn't heard his grandmother's voice in like 40 years. And by using this advanced method to pull it apart, he's now able to actually understand what his grandmother was saying 40 years ago on these ancient cassette tapes. So it really is this ability to take apart this cacophony, this this spaghetti plate of different things and sort it all out and make each component clear again. Well, thanks again uh, for that. I mean, we had a really great introduction to Babel Labs and what you guys are doing. Uh, We've only got a couple minutes left, so what I wanted to summarize was that you are uh, a company of technologists that decided to tackle a problem. So it's not just audio, it's a noise problem, as Samir talked about, and how you're enhancing this clarity and quality in your your first product. And you have a roadmap for how that's going to continue on. Um, To get a hold of you, it's babbelabs.com, B-A-B-B-L-E-L-A-B-S.com. Com. Very and, good. That's it. And that's where it's, yeah, it's funny because there's so many different ways of spelling Babel. Um, and that uh, you will take care of a visitor on your site in order to the best way of getting reach and how to engage with you. And so I wanted to thank you again, joined by Chris Rowan, CEO, and Summer Hajazi, CTO. Any last thoughts? Yeah, well, we welcome you to come, come visit our site. We've got lots of interesting information on uh, examples of, of audio and video and lots of resources to help people understand what's going on in the world of speech. All right. Well, thanks again. Thanks for joining us. Email us at info at svn.biz and we'll see you again next week. Thanks. Thanks. Thank you. You've been listening to Silicon Valley Insider with Keith Koo. For questions or comments on today's program or to schedule a complimentary consultation with Keith about your business, call 1-888-828-SVIN. That's 1-888-828-7846, 888-828-SVIN. 